everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Stride Power podcast. My name is Evan. I handle some of the customer service at Stride, as well as the elite athlete and coaching engagement at Stride. Uh, we're super excited to bring this project uh, to a start. Uh, the first couple episodes that we put out will be audio clips from former YouTube webinars that we've put on our YouTube channel. Um, the, this one being uh, Steve Palladino, who is a great Stride uh, coach, Stride ambassador. Um, the next couple episodes will deal more with uh, other race planning, triathlon, ultra marathon, but we wanted to start uh, with just a pretty pretty simple episode as this first one. Um, to give a little bit of uh, background on Coach Palladino, he has been in the medical field for over 30 years, been using power as a training tool uh, for different sports over the past 15 years. Uh, he himself, he's run a 216 marathon, qualified for the 1980 Olympic marathon trials. So uh, he has a ton of knowledge when it comes to just the general side of running. Uh, the format of this show, like I said, it's coming from our former YouTube webinars during our Watts that one month in uh, the middle of the summer of 2018. Uh, there are slides that go along with this that will be referenced. If you want to see those, you can definitely tune into uh, the YouTube channel if it piques your interest to see some of the certain numbers that go along with what's being talked about. But you will definitely get a lot of good information when it comes from just the audio that goes along with this. Uh, so there'll be uh, basically a slideshow that gets talked through and then uh, some questions at the end. Um, we really want to hear your feedback about this. We're really excited to talk to more coaches and athletes uh, in the actual field that are using Stride um, and get everybody's different experience. So uh, without further ado, I present the first episode of the Stride Power Podcast featuring Coach Steve Palladino uh, reflecting on our wants that one month from 2018. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so what I want to start with, this is a, a real busy slide and it has a lot of material, but basically what I did is I copied and pasted a uh, email that I sent to one of my athletes right before the race. I try to do this with my athletes before their races to give them a sort of an up-to-date uh, uh, target for their uh, upcoming race. Um, so it's very busy. I'm, what I'm going to do is sort of dissect it down into the, the various paragraphs here. So let me just do that. Um, so the first thing I start with when I'm estimating uh, a power plan uh, and a race plan is I start with power. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, generally use FTP um, for that. Sometimes I'll use uh, prior race uh, power if, if there is a prior race within the last three, four, or five, six weeks. Um, so I'll use those as my my anchor points, my foundation for on which I'm going to base uh, estimation. So here in this case, um, I had uh, a WKO4 model estimation of FTP at 294 and a recent CP test at 298. So we're in that ballpark of 294 to 298. Um, and um, with the Rigel formula, which I will uh, go through at length in just a moment, um, I was able to estimate that with a 294 FTP, uh, should the, the athlete should have been able to hold the 268 to 271 watts for his marathon. And the reason why there's a range there is that I, I uh, bracketed the uh, Rigel formula exponent. I'll go over that. You don't have to remember that just yet, but I'll go. I'll, I'll have a slide that demonstrates that. Um, and then if if is FTP was as high as 298, you can see that the range goes to 271 to 275. So that's pretty much what the prediction would be for his power target. Um, so the next thing that I do, as it says here, is I want to get a, a an estimate for what the athlete might execute the race in in terms of running effectiveness. Um, that's going to allow me to get a time estimate. Um, so in, in this case, what I use is that uh, you can read it. It says based on, sorry about that, based on uh, the long runs and marathon pace tempo work, which 
basically what I'm looking at is similar sort of effort levels and durations. What's the running effectiveness for those things in the workout? I could also use the, say, a half marathon, or I could have also used if this person had run a, the same marathon the year before, I could have used that in, in coming up with a running effectiveness uh, estimate. Um, so, and I will uh, elaborate on that in a bit too. Uh, so in this case, I was, I was using, I didn't have any prior races for this athlete uh, really to go on. So I was just going off of marathon pace, uh, tempo work, and, and long runs. Most of the long runs I prescribe have tempo work at the end, so the athlete's pre-fatigued, and the running effectiveness that we see in that latter tempo section of the long run is probably representative of what they'd be able to do in a marathon. So um, looking at that, I, I had a lot of samples, and it looked like um, he, should, he should have been able to – almost definitely hold a, two, uh, a 0 0.97 running effectiveness and maybe be as high as 0 0.98. That was my uh, estimation based on the, the, the running um, workout data that I had. So then I, I can then take both the power and running effectiveness and come up with time. Running effectiveness is speed divided by power, uh, speed in meters per second, and power in watts per kilogram. So if you um, have running effectiveness and you have power, then you should be able to calculate speed. And if you know the distance of the race, you could then come up with time. Um, it's just a matter of, of uh, doing all the mathematics. So for this particular athlete, I now I start bracketing things. So you know I don't want to just say, okay, this is the number. I want to sort of see how things fit together and, and uh, you know, some days we're really on, and some days we're a little off, and so I want to have those ranges. And this is what I uh, will typically come up with. What what's the conservator? What what should he hit? If you remember, as up above, it was um, two seventy one was sort of the middle of both of those ranges. So just a little bit below that in terms of power, and I, I said he should be able to hit uh, zero point nine seven. Should be right around here, uh, 241, and so on. You can read all those other estimates. All it is is just plugging in the numbers and doing the mathematics. So um, that gives the athlete an idea of what kind of time they're going to get from their power and their typical running effectiveness. Um, and uh, lastly, when I when I do these estimations, I try to counsel the runner in terms of how to arrive at that average power that we're, we're saying. So in this case, it's a marathon. I, I said, you know, no more than 268 to 270 watts for the first 20K because that should be readily achievable. And then if he's feeling great or having one of those days, then, you know, let, it, let the power drift up after 20K. Um, I also said that, you know, for, for hills, we're going to let the power go up because we know it when we're going uphill, it's easy to let the power drift up and going downhill. is a little harder to hold the power um, going downhill. So um, I allow for a little drift up over the average uh, on uphills, a little bit under average on the downhills. And um, I, I usually use a cap somewhere around um, uh, FTP or a little over FTP. Um, so we're not getting the person too deep in the red zone. Um, and then I also, you know, want to know if there is heat. Now, for this this athlete, I want to go back one, one, one uh, step. I knew the course. I had the course elevations and so forth. So I knew roughly how hilly the course was. I had already factored that in. But I didn't know what the temperature was, so I asked the athlete to let me know because I could adjust the power target based on temperature as well. So that's that's a pre, uh, pretty typical email that I send my uh, runners. And um, notice how the what I'm telling them to do is all in terms of power. I don't tell them what pace to run, and I don't tell them what heart rate to run, just one variable. If you run this power, time's going to happen. Um, that's pretty predictable based on runners' 
running effectiveness, which is pretty, pretty, um, pretty tight in most cases. So um, in this runner, the actual, the actual result was 272 watts. He ran pretty well in terms of running effectiveness, 0.98, which is the upper best case scenario. Um, and he ran 237, 28. That was a four minute, 40 second PR. Uh, that was roughly 93% of FTP, if you want to know that. And his training stress balance was plus 22. I, I put that in there because we're going to come back to that as well. Um, because how fresh your legs are, which is what training stress balance is, how fresh your legs are or how stale they are, how, how uh, tired they are, uh, certainly plays a role in your power output on, on race day. and to a certain extent, it also will affect running effectiveness, which I'll, I have a, a slide that will demonstrate that later. All right, so the, the most important thing in, in arriving at a race power target is understanding the power duration curve. Everybody, you, you, you have a, a power duration curve where it's pretty set for you in terms of um, uh, what what you can do if, you're, if your threshold power is is uh, roughly here at, uh, at, at time to exhaustion of, of roughly 50, 40 to 50 minutes. Um, there's going to be a tail off to the right of that. There's going to be a flat section to the left of it. And then there's going to be a, an abrupt uh, slope uh, going pretty high in the lower um, durations. It's pretty classic, this, this uh, curve that you see here. So we use that, the power that you can hold for a given particular time is, is set for a given period of training, a, a given fitness for yourself. It's set uh, within a pretty tight range. So we, we use that to our advantage in, in prediction of using power. The other thing it, to understand is, is um, the majority of races – Basically, you know, for most normal human beings from 5K to marathon, um, we, we're executing those at FTP plus or minus 10%. So this is, a, this is uh, from uh, Dr. Coggin, um, this, this particular uh, image here. And you can see the, the, the variation or the variance of, of power for all these different dis distributions of, of duration. You can see that that the individual ranges at lower duration is quite high. So it's hard to predict um, from using FTP, it's hard to predict uh, an individual's uh, power output for a race for really short races. That's using FTP alone. But if using FTP um, or a race within 5K to marathon, you're, you can see the variation, the variance of, of individuals from top to bottom is not as great. So it's, it's a more reliable tool to use these things for that race range. Um, so um, if you are predicting race, a race power target, and you have the luxury of having this really nice tool like uh, WKO4's uh, power duration model, you can probably just go to the model and um, let's say you have a five-minute uh, uh, five-minute race, uh, a race that's going to take about five minutes, um, and you could probably estimate the time that you or the power that you should uh, complete it in using this model. But most people don't have that, so um, I'll I'll go to what I uh, use most often, what I recommend, and that's the Rigel formula. This is the formula: um, estimated power, which is what we're trying to get. What is our power estimate? Is is arrived at from known power times predicted duration divided by known duration um, with an exponent. All right. Let me describe those things. So estimated power and predicted duration. So these two elements here, these two variables, those are for the race that we're trying to predict. Um, the known power is. Um, either going to be for and and the known duration is going to be from either a CP FTP number or a recent prior race, um, and that will uh, plug in those values there. And then the exponent over here, that's variable. 
and it depends on the individual. The biggest factor determining what the correct exponent is is the the relative endurance and fatigue resistance of that individual. But there are the other factors like age, fitness, and, and, and probably a few others that go into determining that exponent. Um, uh, that said, fatigue resistance is probably the, uh, the best thing, relative uh, fatigue resistance. So let's go into those. Uh, how do we get these various elements of the Rigel formula to, to get that, that raised power? Um, the known power component, as I said, can come from the CP or FTP. But keep in mind that it has to be relatively recent. If you're, if you're running a race this weekend and you're using an FTP estimate from back in February, eh, that, that estimate's probably not going to be that uh, good. I mean, it, 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 if it's good, it's by accident. Um, so at the CP, FTP must be somewhat recent so that it's, it's reliable on that that uh, uh, account, and then it should be reasonably accurate. Uh, if you if you have a, a real garbage test, uh, FTP test, and it's not really accurate, then it's not going to yield an accurate estimate up here. So garbage in, garbage out. Um, the FTP estimate has to be good. The other way you could use known power is be, by using a prior race. It should be again relatively recent. You don't want to use a race from six months ago for estimating a race this month. Uh, it's better to have something within the last six weeks or so. Um, and um, you want to use the average race power when you plug that in. The other thing to keep in mind is, you know, if the race was just a, a goof around race and it wasn't full out, that's not going to give you a good power estimate uh, or good power known power for estimating a future race. And you want to go with similar conditions. Um, heat, altitude should be similar. You know, if you ran a race at altitude um, in hot conditions and now you're racing in the flats and cool conditions, uh, that, that power number from before that race at altitude in, in the heat is not going to be useful. You don't use it. Um, so, Keep in mind, when you're using a known power, you want to have something relatively recent and reasonably um, accurate and uh, similar. The duration that you're going to plug into the Rigel formula, if you're using CPFTP, um, I usually use 50 meter, uh, minutes. Um, and that yields pretty, has, for me at least, re, uh, used or, or uh resulted in some pretty good estimates or pretty accurate estimates using this 50 minutes. Of course, CP and FTP, both um, the, the time to exhaustion for that is anywhere from maybe 35 minutes up to 70 minutes for both of those. Uh, so I use 50 minutes and it, it, it's worked out pretty good. Um, if using a prior race for the known power, then you also want to use that race duration here. All right, I'm going to get to specific examples in a moment, but more on this the formula, the exponent. Um, use I use minus 0 0.07 for for most athletes, um, and for faster, fitter runners, it'll be uh, minus uh, 0 0.06. Um, uh, Nicole Lane, the one uh, elite runner that I, I uh, coach, I use minus 0 0.05. Um, so elite runners are probably down there in, in a lower number. And I'll use minus 0 0.08 for higher and slower runners. And actually there's been studies where some some people running marathons, it's, it's minus um, 0 0.11. It's been as high for, as that for some athletes. But usually this is a range that I'm working in. Um, and of course you can actually uh, find that sort of outside of the scope of, of uh, my talk today, but you could actually find your own exponent by looking at various races you've run over time. Um, but these are the numbers and ranges that we'll use for that exponent in general. The last thing here in terms of the various uh, variables is this predicted duration. That's a tough one. Um, 
you've got to be realistic and you got to sort of say, okay, what should I be able to do? What am I able to do as opposed to the pie in the sky wish? You know, someone might want to get a Boston qualifying, but are they really able to do that? Um, so uh, you want to put something that you are pretty sure you're able to um, attain. Keep in mind that if you underestimate the duration, meaning you, you're shooting low on the duration, um, you're, you're estimating it's 18 minutes and you're really a 19-minute 5K runner, um, and you underestimate, then that means your target power is going to be overestimated and there's going to be a crash and burn factor uh, coming in here. So um, you want to be able to be honest with yourself and predict uh, a duration or come up with a duration that you're able to do, not what you wish you can do. That's that. That's one of the most important points of the, this this whole talk. Um, I put out a uh, article. Uh, the the um, the full link is down here, and these slides, I imagine, will be available at some point in time. But the name of the article, and you can get it on Paladino Power Project. We have a, a file section in that group. You go to the file section. Here's the name of the article: Basic Race Power Planning Using Power Data. In that article, it explains a lot of these things that I'm going over right now. But it has various calculators, and this is a screenshot of one of the calculators. So. Um, this is the basic um, Regal uh, formula put into play, and this is a, a fictitious runner who's a um, who's thinks they're going to run a 202 marathon, and their Regal exponent is uh, uh, my, uh, minus 0.05. Their um, their the Regal formula predicts they're going to uh, sustain about 95.6 percent of their CP, um, and if they're Current CP was 350. That actual that percentage turns out to be 335 watts, and that would be the target power for this runner to run a 202 marathon, um, assuming they have the fitness. All right. So there's an example. If this is a this is a 220 marathoner and they're doing this, they're of course they're not going to hold this number over here on the right. So um, that's one of the calculators that's in there. That's calculator number one. And, and here it is again on this slide um, uh, on the top. There's two other calculators. One of them is a calculator that utilizes the prior race power and prior race time. So let's say this runner, this fictitious runner, is a 202 marathon. Let's say the, he actually ran a 202 marathon and he averaged 335 watts for that, that marathon. And he's going, I think I'm about... 27 minute 10k shape and this is my Rigel exponent what's my power there it is he's he's going to run about 107.8% of cp and uh, estimated target power is 361 now um if he guess wrong on this time then the power is going to be wrong um Here's the third formula, which may allow you to double check it. Same, same guy. He's, there's a marathon and the marathon power. These are the knowns, right? Known power, known time, or known power, no time over or distance. Um, and I should step back a second. Um, instead of time, I'm using distance in the, the predicted distance and known distance. Uh, instead of predicted time and, and known time, um, it's it's maybe not quite as accurate, but uh, surprisingly, it's been pretty pretty darn close. So here's here's the same guy um, up here is 202 marathon, but I'm just putting the distance here. Same power. Um, instead of a 27 minute duration, I'm predicting a, a, a or he's going to be running a 10,000 meter race. Same exponent. And look how close these are in terms of predicted sustainable power using diff just different uh, inputs on the on the uh, Rigel formula. They're very similar, and one predicts 361 watts versus the other 360 watts. So three there's three calculators on this paper right here um, that you can uh, get uh, at the Paladino Power Projects. 
uh, Facebook group files section. All right, so some of the caveats of using the Rigel formula. Um, one, I've already mentioned, the predicted race duration has to be you know, honest. You have to be brutally honest. And this is where a coach, it can be helpful um, because I can be a little bit more objective. That said, there's times where I'm really eager for my, my athlete to run good, and um, um, I even this is hard for me to do as an objective person sometimes. Um, but you got to be brutally honest. You can't go with your pie-in-the-sky uh, wish. Be realistic. Remember the garbage in, garbage out for the power, whether it's FTP or prior race. Um, you want to consider that when you're using this formula, you're using it across similar conditions unless you're making other adjustments. So um, heat and altitude will impact your power. So you may run the formula for a flat conditions and come up with, say, for the, the prior um, 10K uh, prediction of 360 watts. If, um, if that person's running at that, that 10K at – um, say 5,000 foot elevation, um, that's going to be about 5%. It's going to be about uh, 18 watts lower will be the, uh, the target power because at altitude, your power is going to be lower. Same thing with heat. Power is going to be lower. So um, those things um, will impact power. Now, healiness, of course, within limits, if it gets really technical and, and super super steep where it involves walking that I'm throwing that out. That's not uh, included in this example, but a, a hilly race, like, like a Boston marathon, that's going to impact running effectiveness, not power. Power is, is power is linked to the duration you run. That's it. Of course, it's, it's, it's modified by heat and altitude. What is modified by hilliness is running effectiveness. And I'm going to get to that in a second. As I said earlier, consider the freshness. How much taper does the runner have? If they're fresher, then they're going to actually be able to hit those those uh, uh, good power targets. If they're not, if they're training through this race, then obviously they may not hit their best case scenario. So consider this freshness as you're bracketing various ranges. Um, the also, and this is an important point which I'm going to get into next. The power does not predict the actual target time. You need to know both. You need to know both target power and estimated running effectiveness in order to arrive at what kind of time is going to be executed. Now, frankly, all you really need is that target power. That's all you need. Just run the power and the time is going to happen. Uh, but most runners, uh, you know, they want to know what time they might be able to get in this race. Well, how, what, what, what's the outcome? What, where, where am I at? And so then you go through this extra step of you know, trying to figure out what kind of running effectiveness they might execute it with, and then you can come up with time. So let me just delve into that just uh, briefly here. So as I alluded to in, in, at the opening, in estimating an RE for an upcoming race, you uh, can look at prior races, particularly if, if they've already run the race before on, on this course. They've run Boston in 2017. Their running effectiveness there is probably going to be very similar to the running effectiveness they'll do ne this, this next time. Um, so use look at prior races um, at, at similar distances. So use a 10K race result to estimate a 10K R. E uh, or a marathon RE from a prior marathon. So you can use prior races, but you can also, like I was saying, you can look at some of the longer intervals the runner's doing and tempo runs they're doing, and you're going to get a, a, a feel for their typical running effectiveness there as well. Um, so those are the two primary sources for estimating RE. But also remember, we talked about Power is sensitive to heat and elevation. Running effectiveness is sensitive to hilliness. So we want to consider um, the 
the source, if we're looking at prior race running effectiveness, and it's a really hilly race, that running effectiveness is going to be lower. We're not going to use that same running effectiveness for a flat race in predicting a flat, flat race. So you want to look at similar hilliness. Now, the metric I use to quantify hilliness is this course variability index, CVI. What that is, is total climbing elevation in feet. So the total climbing over the course of the race in feet divided by the total race distance in miles. Um, so, for example, um, uh, 30 is starting to get a little bit, uh, a little bit hilly, um, and that would be 30 feet per mile of, of uh, elevation gain. And that is cumulative elevation gain uh, during the course of the race. Um, so I try to look at course variability index uh, to uh, make sure that I'm comparing apples to apples when I'm looking at prior races or uh, tempos. So actually, if you look here, this is a this is a runner. This is her races over a period of uh, well, it's all of her races that she's that she's run since the beginning of 2017. And you can see there there is a uh, a line here, um, uh, uh, so it's a linear regression line here, and it, you come up with uh, roughly what her. Uh, y-intercept and what her slope, it's a negative slope. The hillier it gets, so the higher the CVI, the lower the running effectiveness. This is, those are races. These are all, including all of her workouts. Same, almost the same identical slope that you can see down here where, again, the more hilly the lower the running effectiveness. So when trying to, to predict a time, you want to have as accurate of running effectiveness prediction as possible. Um, the last thing to consider is that I've mentioned already that power is a little sensitive. So if you're more fresh for a race, your power is going to be a little bit higher. It might be a best case scenario. If it's less fresh, it might be a little lower. And it might be uh, uh, a lesser case scenario. Same thing for uh, the effect of training stress balance or freshness of the legs, how, how good the taper is, has an effect on running effectiveness. Um, so this is the same runner. And you can see that the, the, red, the red dots and the red uh, regression line is running effectiveness. And... Um, you can see that uh, on the x-axis is training stress per day. That's the TSB. So the, the more positive the TSB, the better the running effectiveness. All right? So this runner here, here's, here's a, a more concrete example. Um, last year, the runner ran a 10,000-meter. And it was on the same track, similar conditions, and came back and did it again this year, 10,000 meter. Last year, I had her fully tapered at a plus 19 TSB. This year, she's training through minus 9 TSB. She's got a little bit higher uh, 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 FTP right now. She's got a little bit higher, yet you can see that she ran just a little bit lower power and a little bit lower running effectiveness. Um, mainly because of this right here, um, less taper. So her legs weren't as fresh. And consequently, she was 40 seconds slower this year, even though the power was almost almost the same, and even though her uh, FTP is actually a little bit higher at this point. So what I do, I have a calculator on my computer where I blend all of this together. So let's look at this top line. It's basically what we saw before. I start with anticipated race time, what the FTP is. Um, I, I have some other elements here that, that we're not going to go into, and I have a Rigel formula. And then it'll predict what the race power should be based on um, uh, their, 
their CP or FTP in that particular time. But then I also put in what the race distance is and the, the, the runner's weight. And I can cal calculate what all this would, would produce in terms of running effectiveness. Now, let's say I put all these numbers in, all these yellow are, are inputs that I do, and it puts out this 298 and running effectiveness of 0 0.99. But let's say I'm looking at all the prior races and all the prior workouts are suggesting this runner is going to be uh, maybe a uh, 1.01 based on all the prior race data and prior workouts. So what this tells me is my anticipated race time is uh, too slow. So I will then come back, adjust that until my running effectiveness comes out to 1.01. .01. And then I can fine tune this time over here. So by combining all these things in this calculator, I could then not only come up with this power, but I could also fine-tune and, and, and get a, uh, a, a time output. So um, you can use the Rigel formula to get your power, but to get your time, you have to use your uh, running effectiveness, what you, what you have done and what you know you can do. Uh, when you look at uh, this, this is uh, produced by Stride, I believe, this particular chart. Um, it predicts uh, percent of 10K power for other race distances. Well, um, the, this assumes a set Rigel exponent. If your exponent is different, then these numbers are going to be different. Um, and th this one here is from Dr. Coggin, if, uh, and it predicts that if you're uh, if you're about a 42-minute 10K runner, your your 10K is going to be about what your CP is, and there your half marathons maybe 94 to 95 percent of CP. But but if you're a, a one-hour marathoner, then probably that your half marathon is going to be 100 percent of CP, and your marathon might be 94, 95 percent of CP, and your 10K is going to be 107 percent of CP. So um, it. it you you can't assume that a population based or someone else's um, CP time is going to be useful in predicting your power and your duration. Uh, you got to sort of know those things and plug them in yourself. Um, this is from an article that I wrote. It's called uh, aerobic, "It's an Aerobic Sport, Damn It," and there's a link down there. It also gives some some ranges for percent of FTP. Bottom line, though, is I like to look at the Rigel formula and look at individual runners and uh, estimating their their particular formula or their particular uh, power estimate. And that's the most important: the power estimate. The time estimate that's a product. The power estimate is what's going to get you get you home. So, um, uh, hopefully, there's some questions. And um, let's go ahead and get to them. All right. Uh, thanks, Steve. So there are a few questions here. Um, let's go back here. So when you were talking about find, finding um, Estimating race power targets, do you use the average power or normalized power values from prior races? Um, yeah. I, I use average power. Um, normalized power is typically, for for most races, is about the same. The only time it would be is a, is a uh, highly variable race. But I, I'd recommend using average power. Um, and it, maybe one example would be a, um, a trail race where, you know, there's variation between running and walking and, and uh, you know, power hiking, et cetera. Um, that might be where in, uh, using normalized power might come in. Um, but average power is what I'd recommend in most cases, particularly for um, road races, track races, et cetera. Great. So another question here. 
from uh, endurance and power. I think that's Edgar. Uh, what are the implications of using a previous race with a high VI to estimate CP? How does it affect leg spring stiffness and RE? Uh, I've, I missed the f a prior race with a high, what was the? VI, uh, variability oh. index, I believe, is to estimate critical power. Yeah, well, then that goes back to the same question. If it's a high VI, it is probably a, a, a race that in, involved um, walking or power hiking, and it wasn't continuous running necessarily. Um, and that, uh, in terms of running effectiveness, it's going to apply to the, the particular segment of run. Um but I don't. I don't know that you could use it for the across the whole um, the whole race. Um, you should not in in road racing and track racing. You should not see a high VI. Most most running races, most most runs for that matter, are going to be you know uh, variability index right around one point oh. Okay. Um. That's great. So a few more questions here from one from LOL Monster. Um, are you going to release half marathon plans in Final Surge? <laughs> I guess. Um, I've got, I've, I have some that are already in development. They're already going. Um, but uh, I, I still have work to do on them. Um, it's, it's just a matter of balancing, you know, juggling all those different balls. I'll, I, I'll have them out soon enough. <laughs> Yeah, so for you guys that don't know, so uh, Steve is currently in Reno with a training camp going on right now as well. So they're uh, they're doing multiple workouts a day here. So he's got his hands full. Yeah. Um, uh, then another one. How can you apply some of these concepts to the triathlete's run leg? Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, the um, the running effectiveness. You, I mean, particularly if you're training, uh, doing a block, uh, a training uh, brick uh, where you're coming off of the bike, um, you, you'll probably notice your running effectiveness is going to be less than if you're running a fresh, a fresh race. And so if you're predicting times and so forth where you're using a running effectiveness like I was doing in the latter cases, um, you want to use them from those scenarios rather than a fresh run. For running effectiveness, now power is is another thing because you're you're you know you're already putting in a swim and a bike leg in, so your power is not going to be the same as a fresh. Um, what what I uh, resort to on the power prediction is more the what what has been um, established for ranges uh, of percent of FTP, um, and there's there are those ranges for um, sprint, uh, Olympic distance, um, uh, half Ironman and full Ironman, um, what percentage most runners are able to uh, execute the run for uh, a, what percentage of FTP they're, they're able to do. It. And I usually use that um, if I'm uh, estimating run power off the bike um, rather than just going straight Rigel formula. Okay, great. So, yeah, so someone followed up and wanted to confirm that the, the Rigel formula in the case of triathletes is less accurate just due to the, the fact that you're off the bike and your, your RE is probably you know, fatigued. You're, you're, you're running with fatigued legs, right? So it's not the best right. case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, I, the, it, it raises some interesting uh, uh, possibilities of how you might be able to use it, but uh, that – that's um, a thought experiment, experiment rather than a, than a reality at this point. Okay. Um, another one from Jazz and Bread. He said he's going to see Alex Hutchison at a talk this evening. Any questions, comments you want me to pass on regarding the recent running power meter article? <laughs> well, the, if it's the one that I think it's the one with uh, Aubrey, um, uh, Power and Burr, I think. And um, yeah, you, you could maybe show some of the, uh, the the graphics that I did, some of the plots that I did on Paladino Power Project, where it shows, you know, 
uh, you know, high, high correlation between power and VO2, just using their data that they put in their article. So um, th their, their article misinterpreted their own data. Um, they, they actually were looking at um, E-Core versus um, VO2 uh, divided by speed, um, not the same as power. Um, but they fortunately they put some of their data, their their group data, uh, uh, raw data, and if you plot it out, it's exceptionally high. I mean, 0 0.99 uh, correlation of power and VO2. Uh, so th yeah, that if if he's putting a lot of stock in that article, then he, he's um, he's standing on on thin ice basically. <laughs> That sounds good. Um, see here. Uh, I speed art commented. Uh, this is awesome, Steve. I'll start applying this to my racing immediately. Good news. Uh, that, that's that's great. And um, you know, a lot of people um, will come on the Facebook group, whether it's whether it's ours or or the Strike community, and and. Uh, come up with these sort of things uh, that, you know, Hey, I'm running this race and this is my FTP. Um, and what can I do? Uh, keep in mind, it, uh, I'm more than willing to help as are, there's plenty of other great coaches out there. that are willing to help respond to some of those, but uh, keep in mind the data we're looking for. We, we need these, these data points and then we need them to be, like I said, relatively recent, relatively accurate. If you're giving us that, then we can help you out. Uh, you don't necessarily have to do all your own homework. However, with those calculators and also with the calculator that's in the, the Stride app, um, you can probably do a pretty good job on your own. They're pretty, they're, you know, the Stride app is based on the Rigel formula as well. Perfect. Great. Yeah, so uh, that kind of answers um, Daniel's question, why doesn't Stride you? create a computer race power curve using all the data from the runs. So yeah, we're working on improving the app and, and we added the race calculator there, but there's obviously these, these other calculators that are useful in different cases as well. So um, we're, we're gonna continue to chip away at it and hopefully we'll have a solution for everyone. Yeah, and, and it, just to interrupt a second, it, it's for the people that are watching, you, as you can probably guess a little bit from my presentation, you, you, you gotta balance presenting simplicity versus accuracy with a lot more complexity and 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 uh finding that balance is is uh is is a tightrope and if you're doing it on an app you're you want to get out what's understandable and simple to begin with but uh you could then venture into more complex um but realize you, you get more accurate more complex um, a little simpler, and it's you know like those last charts that I was I posted, where it's just you know here's your 10k time. What's your percent of that 10k time for other races? It's that's more simple, but it's less accurate. Great, yeah, thanks for that answer, Steve. Um, second question from Jazz and Bread: His aerobic ability is underdeveloped, as in he can do a seven seven minute mile, but only a five hour marathon. Any suggestions on how to train using power? Well, it's uh, it's all about expanding fatigue resistance. I mean, you you've if you have um, you developed one side of the power duration curve lower at the the lower durations, it's a matter of pushing that power a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Uh, there's there's when you progress your training, is training is always about progressing your body you, you provide a stimulus your body adapts to it you provide a little bit more stimulus and you're progressing gradually so if you're if you're looking for to develop that marathon and drop that down below five hours you want to progress duration you want to hold a, a given power for a longer duration as opposed to Holding a higher power for a for a um, for a set duration. Um, that's uh, so. There's two ways of progressing. You're progressing power higher and higher, or you're progressing duration longer and longer. And that's the way most runners 
um, particularly age group runners, are going to benefit is by progressing uh, duration for a given power. Great, great. He says, uh, many thanks for all your useful commentary on Facebook as well. So You're welcome. Um, one more question here from Endurance and Power. What's the name of the chart you use for PDC in WKO4? So power duration curve, I assume? Um, the chart yeah. Yeah. The, now, uh, there, yeah. There, if you want to go to, if you do use WKO4, um, some of those are in the, the chart library of WKO4. But also, you can find some of them, uh, the exact same ones, again, in the Paladino Power Project uh, Facebook group. In the file section, there's a uh, there's a uh, chart library, WKO4 chart library. And the one you saw with the power duration curve was uh, Duration Based Metrics Pack is the name of that chart pack. It has that chart and, and a number of others. Great, yeah, and we'll, we'll try to link to all of those um, in the, uh, the show notes, the comments afterwards as well, in case everyone has any questions. All right, um, I don't see any more questions coming up here. So, um, so yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll just call it, call it here. Um, if anyone has any questions, you can uh, email us and we can get in contact with Steve uh, as well and pass on your, your questions there. Uh, Steve, thank you again for you know, joining the webinar and sharing all your useful knowledge and always being a, a great um, active user of Stride on the community as well. Yeah, thank you. It's many, been fun. Many thanks for coming through the chat box for you right now. <laughs> all righty. Thank you. All right. Good luck in uh, Rito, Steve. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. All right. That does it for the first episode of the Stride Power Podcast featuring Steve Palladino uh, reflecting on our wants that one month from 2018. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please uh, share it with any running friends, any uh, athletic friends that you think would get some information out of it. If you want to hear something more specific in the future as we start recording new episodes, definitely let us know. You can uh, always contact us on our social media. It's at Stride Running um, on Twitter and Instagram. You can join the uh, Stride community on Facebook as well. Or if you need anything, uh, just hit us up on the uh, email. Let us know any of your thoughts. We're really excited to start engaging more in the community. But this wraps up the first episode of the Stride Power Podcast. Thank you.